This episode was made possible with generous support from Cobble Streets and the Colorado Association of Family and Children's Agencies. Learn more at justaspecial.com. Welcome to Just As Special, the place to learn about foster care from diverse perspectives. So, hi. I'm Emmy Tither, and I'm a fellow at Just As Special with the Urban Leaders Fellowship. I'm proud to bring you this Just As Special miniseries called This Foster Care Life. This is a space for me and you, us together, to learn about the foster care system through the voices and stories of members of the foster care community. Today's episode is Past Trauma and Today's Brain. This is a pretty weighty topic, not gonna lie. Mental health struggles are tough, regardless of how they manifest in ourselves and those we love. Everyone's story is different. And how those struggles manifest or affect a person's everyday life, that varies a lot too. Here's an example. Identifying as a type of introvert, I find being around people a lot in person or virtually to be really draining. Like very, very draining. I always have. After a week of working around people, I want to see and talk to no one. I mean, okay, not absolutely no one. The few of you know who you are, and and thanks for listening to this. Let's hang out on the weekends, but but most people. And so it's this weird double-edged sword where, listener, I find you and your stories fascinating, but like I need a break often, especially since I work a job with a lot of interaction with people. If I don't have a break with no people on the weekend, like it, it's not very pleasant. My brain just kind of melts away, but also short circuits and forgets things and everything all of a sudden just kind of gets white hot. Like when you burn yourself and it's so hot, it feels cold for a bit, but then it's really hot and zingy. That, but in my brain. I can still function if I push myself, but I crash eventually and then sleep for a whole weekend. You may or may not relate, or maybe you are close to someone who does relate. Either way, the main point is, our mental health can affect our interactions with ourselves and with others in our communities, our professions, and in our families. First, let's hear from Diamond Kobolinski, founder and CEO of Hope for Colorado Incorporated, a local nonprofit. He is also a self-described gay foster youth who states that growing up as a gay kid in foster care made his life extra intense. Diamond describes how coming out affected his emotional state. Coming out was a really captivating experience for me. It really released anger. And even to this day, anger is not necessarily a feeling that I, you know, have. I definitely get annoyed. I definitely get irritated. But it's more that my emotions more come out in tears now. And that was really something that when those foster families did have that reaction, it was more that it just broke me down because it was just that continual rejection and rejection and rejection for something that I, you know, had absolutely no control over. And I just wanted to be myself. As Diamond states... Being accepted for being yourself is incredibly important, as a child and as an adult, and whether one is a kid in care or a foster parent. Knowing yourself is also very important. This is especially true as becoming a foster parent can bring up big feelings related to past traumas, and those traumas can affect your parenting style. Now, let's hear from Kaleo George, a longtime foster parent and foster parent trainer. Kaleo speaks about how her past trauma impacted her foster parenting. I experienced a good amount of trauma myself, 
particularly explosive or violent behavior um, really made me shut down. And the everyday tension of anxiety and not knowing what the day was going to hold and was she going to fall apart that day and would I have to have my kids go over to the neighbor's house because it wasn't safe at home, it just really started to wear on us. Really, it was like secondary trauma. While that experience was really hard, one of the hardest experiences in our, in our marriage, my husband and I just celebrated our 20th anniversary, so we've had a lot of experiences together, and I think we'd agree that this was one of the hardest. It also brought to the surface, okay, if we're going to continue to do this work in foster care, it felt like a little bit of a fork in the road where I had the, the ability to look and say, if I'm willing to address what's happening in my own life and why I can't seem to cope with the behaviors and the challenges of this one particular kiddo, maybe this isn't for me. Or I felt like there was an invitation to say, or you can dig into your own stuff and figure out why it's affecting you and how it's affecting you and what you experienced as an individual in your upbringing and be able to maybe move through that in a way that allows me to stay in the work. And I feel really committed to that right now. Trauma-informed parenting can be tough. It takes a lot of self-awareness. And gaining that self-awareness and sharing it with others can be a difficult process. To expand on this, let's hear from Patty Swope, a foster parent and therapist, and mom to former kid in care, Matty. Patty speaks about this exact topic, knowing yourself and how that can affect your parenting style. Well, again, I think getting to know yourself and your own strategies for when you get under stress, how vulnerable can you be? Are you able to embody your own vulnerabilities or insecurities or emotions, you know, that are the tender ones, right? And to be able to either turn and talk to somebody else about them to get connection and care or to be able to reveal a little bit to the child, of course, you know, age appropriate and all that kind of thing. And that you've got to be able to do that. You, ha you have to know yourself somewhat. I mean, I was a nurse before I became a therapist and then, you know, foster parent. I had to, at some point, I think I was surprised what brought up in me was that there was some unresolved things from my childhood that I was doing, right? I mean, all this caretaking kind of thing, right? <laughs> and that that perhaps was a strategy for me to avoid dealing with some of my own um, emotional pain. People have to really kind of get aware of themselves. Taking in a foster child, it'll push you to grow. It either pushes you to grow or it crushes you, right? <laughs> and you just, it's really hard. And the more you know yourself, the more you have flexibility and not such rigid responses to things. Now, let's hear from Maddie Baker, Patty's daughter and a former kid in care and current social worker. Maddie speaks about a particular event in her life that affected her experience in foster care because of the way the adults around her reacted. I put a hot pocket in the microwave with a fork on the plate unintentionally <laughs> because, I mean, you're 13 and kind of thoughtless. And yeah, I ended up blowing up their microwave 
and it was this huge ordeal. Like again, anxiety ridden me. I was, you know, freaked out that I had done this and also very aware that like, this is it for me in this home. And again, I had just been there for a few days. And so having to like, in that moment, deal with their feelings, their emotions, the emotions and chaos that I'm feeling inside that's sort of like amplified, but it's just such a like wreck of emotions, right? It haunted me my whole time in foster care until I left that agency. It was sort of this like big to do about how is my behavior escalating? Am I getting worse? When really it was just like anxiety is getting worse. Misinterpretation of my behavior was just so painful, like hurtful. And so I acted out in a very like aggressive way when really it was just painful misunderstanding that shaped, you know, it was a microwave (laughs) and yet it was not just a microwave. You know, if you can step back and take into account, like what is going on with this person's nervous system, what's going on, like where they're at with their, you know, brain development, it's just pretty mind boggling that we can forget that because these behaviors are so intense to us. That is so very true. Those who have experienced trauma may react in ways that, to quote Maddie, can seem intense. Whether you are a foster parent or a teacher or a community member or what have you, how one reacts to that intenseness is what matters. Next, let's hear from Patty again, who explains how she responded to a challenging situation when Maddie was a child, a situation that also involved a kitchen appliance. You know, it's funny because in the podcast, she talked about blowing up a microwave, but this has to talk about a cookie sheet that was in the oven. Must be something with ovens and heat with her. But <laughs> she had she had left a uh, dirty cookie sheet in the oven and I had like preheated it on boiler or something and then, you know, come in and it was all smoky and nasty and I just lost it. You never listen to me. How many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> you, you don't think about anybody else. You don't even care. You know, I I walked out of the house, stormed out of the house and went for a long walk. My husband told me later <laughs> she was really worried that it really scared her. I felt really bad about that. So I had to go back and say, hey, you know, that was not okay. The way I acted, I'm really sorry. And you know, I was already under a lot of stress and um, not feeling very well at the time. And you didn't deserve that. And and that's what's so powerful for these kids who've grown up in families where they didn't get the experience that people could be mad at each other. Or there was anger and it was still safe and it was going to be OK. Right. It was made sense of. Um, instead, if if there was anger, that meant danger anger is bad. And then all of a sudden they get this idea that all anger is bad. And no, anger is a a normal emotion and we have to be able to be angry and express it sometimes. But what the main thing is, is that you can repair, right? I mean, we're never going to be perfect. That's what's really powerful. To be able to go back and articulate that, make sense of that for for the child and own it. I mean, these are powerful things, right? This is what creates that trust and sense of safety and security because you got to make sense of your world. You got to feel safe first before you can be secure. You got to be safe before you can be secure. Okay, so whoever you are or wherever you are in your foster care journey, 
which aspect of the previous pieces spoke to you and why. Since you're currently hearing my voice, I'll go first. In a previous mini-episode, we talked about how we can adapt the saying, it takes a village to raise a child, to it takes a community to raise us. Because we're all growing and learning, no matter how old we are. Maybe we can expand that saying after today's episode. Perhaps it takes a community to raise us and help us understand ourselves. And in that understanding of ourselves, we can then better raise others. What are your thoughts? Let us know. Find us on Instagram or Facebook at Justice Special. Want to learn more? Listen to Diamond, Kaleo, Patty, and Maddie's full interviews at justicespecial.com. Check out our resource database at www.justicespecial.com forward slash resources. Justice Special's database provides a one-stop shop for the foster care community to find national, statewide, and local resources that address the challenges and triumphs they face every day. Resources include trauma-informed mental health providers, extracurricular activities for kids in care, training for foster parents, and other foster-friendly resources, all honoring and celebrating the diversity and lived experiences of the foster care community. Thank you for listening. Please share this episode with someone who understands you. Talk soon.